Our Old Testament scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And as always, that is printed for you on the back of your bulletin, so I invite you to read along if you would like, or you can just listen if you'd like, however you would like to receive. Hear now this word. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and he lied down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel went up and went to Eli again and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, something that has been one of my favorite parts of coming to a worship service my entire life has been the music and how the words in our beautiful hymns weave together these Bible stories that we hear, and it's a way that we can sing our faith. And we sang one of my favorite hymns today, Here I Am, Lord, and I sense that it's a favorite for many of you in this room, too. Not only is it a song of comfort, knowing that God has called us, but it's also a song that's empowering as we sing together, Here I Am, Lord. What I really like about this song also is how it alternates between coming from the perspective of God and then coming from the perspective of humanity. Two lines in the first verse say, All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. And then the last line, saying from the perspective of God at the end of each verse, is, Whom shall I send? And of course, we all know the chorus resounds with, Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. In this hymn, we are reminded that God has called each of us to be a part of transforming the world to look more and more like God every day. When God says, my hand will save, God is inviting we humans to use our hands and our feet to help show people what it looks like, to point people towards the divine, to mirror the life of Christ in our world. 
Indeed, we are called to help make the darkness bright, to tend to the poor, to set a feast for the hungry. What an incredible and gracious gift. God, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good, all-everything, surely could do this without us if he chose. But our God has invited us to be a part of the reconciling, the redeeming, the restoring. It really is incredible that we have an opportunity to say, here I am, Lord. In Ephesians 4 that Sterling read for us earlier, Paul says that all are called to lead a life of humility, gentleness, patience, love, and peace for the sake of building up the body of Christ in the world. Notice that this call is not reserved only for clergy or for people who work at a church. Paul goes on to say that when Jesus ascended, he gave unique and specific gifts to all so that the body of Christ could be made complete when we all come together with our unique selves. This means that no matter how you spend your days, no matter your vocation, your age, your education, no matter who you are, God has called you. The call on our lives is to come together with our unique selves, our gifts, our abilities, our talents, and to model the love, grace, mercy, and justice of God in our world. Now, this is not always easy or convenient or super comfortable, but this is the call on all of our lives, those of us here, those of us who have gone before us, and those of us who will come after us. While there are countless call stories in our Bible, I love the call story of Samuel. And even though he is called to something very specific by God, it's a little different than this universal call that I do believe God has on everyone, I think that his call story gives us an honest glimpse into how it can feel to be called by God to help transform the world and the importance and responsibility that comes with such a call. Like all of us, Samuel's call began before he was born. You might recall that his mother, Hannah, was unable to have children, but she desperately wanted a baby. So she prayed to God and she said, if you will give me a son, I will dedicate him to you until the day that he dies. And then miraculously, she became pregnant and gave birth to Samuel. When dedicating him in the temple, Hannah said this, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me the petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. You see, Samuel, from the very beginning, was covered with prayer and love and grace from the very, very beginning. So fast forward about 12 years, and Samuel encounters the Lord on his own when he is called to be a prophet in that scripture we read just a moment ago. God uses a variety of techniques in scripture to get someone's attention. Think of the burning bush. Think of God appearing in a dream to Joseph. But in this instance, God calls Samuel by name. And that has to be one of the most personal and intimate ways that you can be called by God. There are two cycles of Samuel, hearing his name, reporting to Eli, and being sent back to bed. 
you can understand that Sammy would think that it was probably a human in the room calling his name. What a surprise that it was actually God. So when Eli, the wise spiritual mentor, perceives what is happening, he directs Samuel in how to respond if and when it happens again. Eli says to go lie down, and if he calls you to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In this moment, Eli has just taught Samuel how to respond to God's call. This is significant because as a young boy, Samuel would have trusted Eli for spiritual authority. Samuel could not have known what we, the readers, know in that saying yes to God, his entire life would be changed. Until now, he had devoted himself to learning about God through the scriptures, and he had tried to follow all the right rules. He was even studying under a spiritual leader, Eli. But now, everything has changed. He is no longer a student, but a prophet. He is an authoritative mouthpiece for God. He is called to mirror God in the world for all who hear him. Now, this passage would be really nice and comfortable if it ended right there in verse 10. God calls, Samuel answers, and then that's it, right? We answered the call, Samuel did a good thing. We would all be really, really comfortable with that type of call. But if we look a little further in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see what God has called Samuel to do. And again, we see more of the importance and responsibility that truly comes with such a call. So I'm going to continue reading in verses 11 through 14 from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Ouch! Did you catch that? God has just called Samuel to speak candidly about the ways people have failed to live into the people God has called them to be. But not just like a blanket statement like, you people need to get it together. He was called to speak to his spiritual mentor about how he and his family had failed to live up to the people God created them to be. Naturally, Samuel is afraid to deliver this message to the person who ironically led him to receive it. Eli, the person who nurtured him in his faith, Eli, his mentor, Eli, his teacher, Samuel has to bring this devastating news to him. This is not good news for Eli's family. I believe in this moment that Samuel started to realize the weight of this call. The reality is, for us today and for Samuel then, speaking God's truth to power in the world is not always easy. Perhaps you know what I mean when you hear a family member or a friend perhaps take God's name in vain or make a racist joke or say something that you know in your gut is contrary to the gospel. And you know in that moment 
that God would want someone, a representative, to say that is not the way God would have it. It makes me think of those bracelets that people my age used to wear a lot when we were in middle school and high school, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? And in this moment, it is not just a theoretical question, because if we are Christ's representatives in the world, if we are the hands and feet of God that have said, here I am, send me, we are the ones that are responsible to reflect God's image in the world. The WWJD becomes a lot heavier too. But there's something else we learn from Samuel's story that is still true for us today, even in those moments when speaking God's truth may not always sound like good news. When we look at Samuel's call story, if you continue reading, we see that God was with Samuel every step of the way. And it tells us at the end of this passage in verse 18 and 19 that Samuel did everything God called him to do. He delivered these hard words, but again, it reminds us that God never left. God didn't just send Samuel out and say, have fun, I picked you because I didn't want to have to do this. God was with him every step of the way. And that too is a gift, a gift of comfort as we are called to do what Jesus would do. This weekend, as I was thinking about my call and your call and Samuel's call, I decided to start a new puzzle that I received for Christmas. And I'll have to say that doing puzzles on a regular basis has been a silver lining of living through a global pandemic. And I have Joanne Smith to thank for this. I went to visit her towards the beginning of the pandemic to record her speaking for one of our midweek devotional videos. And while I was there, I could not help but notice how many puzzles she had. And I'm talking about jigsaw puzzles. She has boxes and boxes and boxes of jigsaw puzzles, and she had one laid out on her dining room table that she was in the process of completing. And so I remember asking Joanne about it. I said, you must love crossword jigsaw puzzles. And she said, oh, of course I do. It's something fun that you can do to keep your mind sharp and it's tactile. And it's something that you can do while listening to other things. And the sense of accomplishment when you finish a good puzzle is something so exciting. So before I knew it, she was loaning me some puzzles to take home. And I didn't have the, I don't know, the courage or the guts to tell her at the time I had never completed a jigsaw puzzle, but she so confidently said, are a thousand pieces okay? And I said, sure. <laughs> so I have Joanne Smith to thank for the probably dozen or so puzzles that I've completed during this time. And a friend even gave me one for Christmas because it really has been become a new hobby of mine. And so as an amateur puzzler, I did what I always do, you know, separate the end pieces from the middle, start to lay out the frame when you find the four corner pieces. And I've learned that although a lot of things in my life I can speed up or be really efficient with, I cannot do that with puzzles. There's just no way that you can magically find the pieces that go together. It's a slow process that takes a lot of intentional time and searching, good light, a good setting. It takes a lot of things for a puzzle to transform from a bunch of jumbled pieces into one image. 
But it is extremely satisfying when you finish a puzzle and you think to yourself, wow, this was once a thousand random pieces, and now look at the picture before me, the image that has come to life. Similarly, we all are unique. We all have unique and special talents and abilities and things that God has called us to. And while we may feel like we're on an island by ourselves, when we come together, we will be able to see the image and kingdom of God so much clearer that is already here. We will match up with people that have come before us. We will leave room for people who will come after us. And slowly, piece by piece, we will see the world transformed as the kingdom of God is made even more clear while we are here. Because God has called us, all of us, to use our unique selves to answer this call on our lives. You know, answering this call is done in numerous ways. And this is not a call that happens just one time in your life and then, you know, you said yes, kind of the straightforward call thing. I believe this is a call that we answer each morning when we wake up. We say, yes, here I am, send me. You know, last week, we commissioned our confirmands, and you, along with their parents and Leanne, committed to upholding them and encouraging them and praying for them as they are on this new journey of their faith. That is a way that we live out our call. Last week, we had an opportunity to renounce evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms it presents itself. That, too, is part of our call. Earlier this morning, we blessed the leadership of our church. Some have sacrificed their time and energy to lead us in the finances of the church or the trustees of the church or various councils. In all of these, these are ways that we say yes to God, to the call that God has on our lives. And while this call is not always as easy as it is to sing out, here I am, Lord, we can be comforted knowing that God goes before us and behind us and all around us as we seek to represent God's truth in our world. I want to close today with one of my favorite prayers that's printed on the bottom of the scripture page in your bulletin. It was written by an American Catholic monk named Thomas Merton, and he wrote this as a prayer for guidance and discernment. And I don't know about you, but I could pray this prayer every day, and I should pray this prayer every day, because I never want to be doing something God hasn't called me to. So if you have been feeling like God is calling you to something and you've been wrestling with it, or if you just want to affirm your yes to God, your here I am, I think that this prayer will be meaningful for you. So let us pray together. And you can simply listen and have these words wash over you. So let us pray. Oh Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire to please you. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, 
though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me, and you will never leave me to make my journey alone. Amen. Well, now, as people of God, as representatives of God in the world, let us stand together and affirm what we believe with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>